You're listening to The Thriving Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Abby Sanchez, and this is episode 199, Solve Your Staffing Shortage. Did you know your nursing dream job is out there? But it's not something you find. It's something you create. And I can show you how. I'm Abby Sanchez, and I'm a life coach for nurses. Using my experience at the bedside, along with my psychology degree, I help nurses build confidence, manage overwhelm, and fall in love or back in love with being a nurse. So come along with me and I'll help you create the career and life you crave. You ready? Let's go. Hey there, my friends. I've got a great podcast episode for you this week and it just fell into place. I love when that happens. I had been thinking all week, like, I wonder what I'm going to talk about on the podcast this week. And just a little bit ago, as I was driving home from dropping my kids off at childcare, I don't even remember what the sentence was, but I was listening to an audiobook, and something they said sent me into this train of thought. And the whole podcast episode was like, oh, there it is. Okay. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about how to solve your staffing shortage. Now, that might be kind of bold to assume you have a staffing shortage. <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to be facetious here. I know most people are struggling with that, right? That we're feeling short-staffed, feeling spread really thin. Maybe you're not meeting your staffing matrix and you're having to get creative with how you cover your assignments. Maybe you're turning patients away. So I feel like I can pretty safely say in most facilities that we're feeling a crunch with staffing. So we're going to talk about that today. I want to help you solve your staffing shortage. Now, this episode isn't directed towards managers or people in the staffing office. This is for you bedside nurses, okay? Now, what we talk about today, if you are a manager or someone in the staffing office, this will still totally apply to you, but I'm going to take it from the point of view and the perspective of a bedside staff, okay? That's who I'm really gearing this towards. But for you bedside staff, how are you feeling about all of this? I know sometimes we feel kind of frustrated, kind of abandoned, maybe, feel a lot of worry or concern, and all of those emotions are totally valid. And as we get into this episode, I want you to know that this is not intended to be something that you're going to, like this episode, to use to pressure yourself to stay in an unsafe situation. If you feel like staffing is abysmal where you work or just, or at a level you just don't feel safe, whatever that may be, right? Maybe some people would say it's abysmal, maybe some people wouldn't. But if you're like, I just don't feel safe here, I don't feel like this is good for me or something I want to be a part of, please do not use this episode to force yourself to stay in a situation that feels unsafe or unhealthy for you, okay? But really what I want to do is empower you to help you see what you do have control over. A lot of times we really focus on things we can't control, right? Like we're very caught up in staffing, but for most of us, we don't really have a huge role in the staffing process or getting more staff at our facilities. Like totally, we can advocate for it. We can say, hey, we've got this many patients today, this many staff, can we get more staff? And we can ask our managers and our house supervisors for that. 
But really, a lot of the responsibility comes down to our managers or the staffing office or the house supervisor. And and we don't get to make the final decisions about a lot of things. And so when we're caught up focusing on their responsibility, a lot of times we forget about our own responsibilities. We forget about what we do have control over. And so that's where I want to bring the focus back to today is how you can solve your staffing shortage. Now, I don't mean just showing up for the shifts you're assigned to, which that's a great start, right? If you're on the schedule, it's nice to show up. Obviously, life happens. Sometimes you need a mental health day or you're physically ill, but we do our best to meet our staffing assignments and to follow our schedules, right? But really what I want to talk about today is making sure you are fully staffed as far as your well-being goes so that you're showing up the fullest you can be to help your patients and to be a contributing member of your team, right? Like if you're only operating at 25%, then even if your staffing matrix is met, like it says you should have eight nurses for how many patients you have, even if that number is met, if you're showing up at 25%, then you're not really fully staffed. And that's okay. We're not going to be at 100% all the time, but we just want to be aware of that. Like, am I showing up feeling full today? Am I showing up with what I need physically, mentally, and emotionally to help my patients? For a second, let's just forget about the staffing matrix. Let's turn the focus onto ourselves, making sure we are fully staffed. That is what we can control. That's our responsibility. Okay, so I mentioned a few different ways that we can be fully staffed with our well-being. We can be physically, mentally, and emotionally, right? So we're going to talk about physically and mentally a little bit, but my expertise is in the emotional part of it. So that's where I'm going to put my focus on. But first, looking at it physically, we want to make sure we're physically healthy, alert, and present with our patients the best that we can. It's never going to be perfect, right? And I'm not talking about major fitness goals. I'm not saying you have to spend an hour at the gym every day and and those types of things. I'm just talking about the basics. When I get a certain amount of sleep, then I operate better. I'm less irritable for sure. I'm able to think more clearly. I'm more focused. Things just run more smoothly when I get that amount of sleep. So doing our best that we can, right? I know, especially for you night shifters, that can be a challenge sometimes. And I'm not saying panic about it if you don't get that number of sleep, but just try to the best you can. We want to be mindful of our physical health. We want to be mindful of how much water we're drinking and what types of food we're eating. Okay, so try to take care of your physical health because when we do, our brains function better right? Like instead of our lower brain being what's driving because our lower brain uses less energy. So if we're tired or hungry, then we kind of go into survival mode and our lower brain is what's in charge of survival. So our lower brain is irrational at times. It gets mad about different things. It thinks things are big problems when they're not. And if that's driving the show, it's going to be harder for you to focus during your shifts. So we want to try to make sure those physical needs are met so we can use our higher brain, which is more 
rational and can plan further ahead and do more of that intricate thinking and problem solving, right? The next way we want to make sure we're fully staffed is mentally. Do we have the knowledge we need to care for our patients? Now, I can hear so many of you in your heads being like, no, I don't. I don't know what I should know, right? Especially you newer nurses or if you're in a new role, you're like, I don't know. So I'm, I'm understaffed all the time. No, 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 no. That's not where we're going with this, okay? None of us know everything. None of us have all the answers. None of us know every medication or have all the policies memorized. That's not what I mean by being fully staffed in this area. You know enough. And that might mean you know enough to ask a question. You know enough to realize you don't know something. You don't know how to do something safely, so you're going to go get help. And you know enough to figure out, what do I want to learn? What would help me during my shifts operate more smoothly? Like for me as a new nurse, I would just set little goals for myself. Like sometimes I'd be like, okay, now I want to focus on getting to know medications better. And so my goal was every shift, I would just learn one medication. I would look it up. I'd be like, okay, this is a common one that we give on my unit. I'm just going to look it up on Micromedics, read about it a little bit so that when I give it to my patient, I can give them better education about what medication they're taking. That's it, right? Like I'm just building that toolbox of my mental knowledge. And you can do that too. That's going to help you be more staffed in that area. I would set little goals too about different habits I wanted to work on. One of my preceptors had pointed out to me that I was missing charting on our IV fluids in a certain way. And that was something I was consistently forgetting. And so I built that into my routine. I was like, okay, how am I going to develop this habit? And that was just the one thing that shift that I was going to focus on. Everything else, you know, I would get by asking questions, getting help when I needed to, but I was just remembering every shift for the next couple weeks, I'm going to really focus on charting these IV fluids. So I built that little habit in. So if you feel like your mental staffing is a little bit short, if you feel like you have a lot to learn and it's kind of overwhelming, just break it down into those small little goals, those things that are manageable. They almost seem so insignificant that you're like, I don't know if this is going to make a difference, but I promise you, if you do that shift by shift, it adds up. Okay. So those are two ways we can make sure we're fully staffed, that you're fully balanced and healthy and ready to be there for your patients, that you're bringing the best version of yourself. Now, the third way is that emotional piece. We want to make sure that we are emotionally healthy and balanced and whole. Now, when I say this, and for all of these categories, physical, mental, emotional, again, I don't mean it has to be 100%. You're going to have days where you're grumpy. You're going to have days where you're stressed out. You're going to have times you feel irritated. You're going to have days you don't get as much sleep as you want to. You're going to have times when all you had for breakfast was a cup of coffee, right? Like, that's okay. But are you staffed enough to be able to take care of your patients in those different areas? Like, 
when we think about our staffing at the hospital or wherever you work, 100% of your staff isn't there all the time on a given shift. You don't have 100% of your staff there. We're not going to have 100%. We're not going to check every single box for physical, mental, and emotional health before every shift. So we're showing up just perfect and we've got our hair done and our makeup done and we're smiling and we've been at the gym and we've eaten tons of kale. Like that's not how it's going to go every time, right? But what I mean isn't 100%. What I mean is enough. What is enough? And from one shift to the next, enough might look very differently. Sometimes 80% is like, okay, this is where I need to be to take care of my patients today. And other times you're like, I'm at 20% today, but we're going to do this. We're going to get by, right? And then we're going to see how I can boost it up a little bit other days. But we just want to make ourselves as fully staffed as we can be, knowing that it's never going to be perfect. We're never going to be 100% in these different areas. Okay? Now, in this emotional health category, I want to talk about three different things. So the first is minimizing a whole bunch of uncomfortable emotions. When we're feeling anxiety, shame, resentment, those things are pretty distracting during our shifts. Have you noticed that? Whether it's about your shift, like you're feeling resentful towards your manager or resentful towards your facility or your charge nurse, or even if you're just resentful towards something else going on in your life. If you're feeling all this resentment about your partner and you got in this fight before you came to work, it's kind of distracting, right? So we want to try to minimize all of that. Those emotions are what I call dirty pain. I got that from Dr. Stephen Hayes. So he talks about dirty pain where it's not really helpful. Those emotions just kind of keep you spinning and going in circles and not moving forward. So when we're feeling anxiety, we're just kind of stuck in this trap of overanalyzing and overthinking it. And we're spinning out with all these questions and these what ifs, and we're kind of paralyzing ourselves with fear. And then shame is dirty pain too. It's not helping us actually operate better as nurses when we tell ourselves we're terrible and we're not good enough. That is actually dirty pain. It keeps you spinning and feeling inadequate and focusing on yourself and holding yourself back and wanting to hide and not ask questions. So that would be some dirty pain we want to minimize. And then that resentment isn't useful either. When we're spinning out, being angry about what's going on at our facility, and that's what we're focusing on, then we're taking our focus off our patients. Now, there's nothing wrong with you if you feel these emotions. They're valid. But we want tools to be able to minimize them when we can. Okay? So that's part of fully staffing yourself, fully equipping yourself with tools to minimize that dirty pain. And when you have the tools to do that, it's not the same as resisting those emotions. It's not the same as avoiding them. Many of us, that's what we do. We're like, I don't want to feel anxiety. I don't want to feel shame. I don't want to feel resentment. So I'm just going to avoid all those emotions. I'm going to resist them and push them away. So we go eat treats from the break room or on our days off, we spend a lot of time watching TV or drinking wine. That's just resisting it. That's avoiding your emotions, trying to distract yourselves from them. It's not actually minimizing them. 
when we have the tools to minimize that dirty pain, it looks totally differently. Think about when you're getting report. If someone's telling you all these tasks that need to be done and they're like, oh my gosh, this was the hardest group I've ever had. And they're like, these patients were crazy and there's so much going on with them and this patient needs all these things and all these orders came in and they're a mess and they're telling you all this stuff and you're feeling anxious. We want tools to not resist and avoid that, but to stop it before it even starts. I think of it like if you're driving and you come to a fork in the road and one of those paths is the path of anxiety, where when you're getting that report, do you turn down that path of anxiety and we're going to just worry and go down this road that feels really uncomfortable and not headed to where we want to go? Or do we know how to take the other path? Where we're like, oh, I see that option. I see that I could go that way towards anxiety, but I'm actually going to intentionally turn this way instead. I'm going to go down the path of staying calm, of feeling confident in myself. That's the path we want to go down as much as we can. We're not going to do it perfectly, but as much as we can, we want to choose to go down that path instead. And we can avoid the anxiety road altogether. It's so awesome when we're able to do that. I love that. But we can't do that all the time. And that brings me to tool number two. And that is knowing how to manage the emotions that do come up. So we're still going to feel uncomfortable emotions often in our lives. Not just nurses. This is everybody. Everybody feels uncomfortable emotions. So we need to know how to manage all of that. And these are things that could be some of those dirty pain things like the anxiety and and shame and all of that that we're not going to completely get rid of because we're humans. But also what I want to focus on is since we're going to minimize a lot of those dirty pain things, we're still going to have a lot of clean pain that we need to know how to manage and what to do with. So clean pain, Dr. Hayes talks about as emotions that are serving you. They're appropriate to the situation and they kind of help you process it and move through it so you can move forward. So as nurses, we feel these things all the time. Like we're going to have concern come up. Concern about staffing, maybe. Concern about what's going on with our patients and if they need help and how we can manage their symptoms and best take care of them. We want to feel concern, even though it's uncomfortable, it, it is appropriate and it moves us to action. It helps us figure out what to do and problem solve and get the help that we need. So we're going to feel that sometimes. We're going to feel some stress. We're going to feel maybe some sadness or disappointment. So all of that is clean pain. Those are emotions that are going to help us move through the situation. We want to know what to do with them. And when we know what to do with them, then we can show up with so much more confidence in our shifts. So going back to this driving analogy, so I was talking about the different roads for minimizing your uncomfortable emotions, but with our uncomfortable emotions that are clean pain or the ones that we do experience, we're not able to completely get rid of, 
We want to know how to manage those. We want to be confident managing those, even though it's still not fun. When my husband and I were moving down to Southern Oregon for nursing school, we had just gotten married a couple months ago, and we were moving to go to nursing school, and we only had one car between us at that time, and we had a moving truck loaded up with our stuff. So the truck, they ended up needing to give us a bigger moving truck than we were planning on, and I did not feel comfortable driving it. I was like, that truck looks really scary to take on these windy roads. No, thank you. So we decided that my husband was going to drive this big truck and I was going to drive our car. The only problem was our car was a stick shift. My husband had tried to teach me (laughs) to drive stick shift for a little while and his mom had tried to teach me and I could do it okay, but I avoided it when I could. I didn't feel totally comfortable with it. But since I knew we were going to be on the highway for most of this drive, it's about a four and a half hour drive, most of it was on the highway, I was like, okay, I feel confident enough that I know what I'm doing to get through those little parts of town to get to the highway, and then there's not much to do on the highway when you're driving a stick shift. There's not a lot of changing gears or anything like that. So even though I was like, this isn't my favorite, this is uncomfortable, I felt confident I can do this. Now, some of you might be on different ends of the spectrum with this. Some of you might be like, no way could I ever do that. And others of you might be like, oh my gosh, Abby, you're silly. It's so easy, right? But for me, it was, it's kind of uncomfortable, but I can do it. And that's how I think about processing our emotions and managing those uncomfortable emotions that come up in our lives. It's not overwhelming and scary when you're equipped with the right tools. When you know how to do it, it's like, okay, I got this. Don't love it, but I can do it. And then as you build your skills, you might be like some of you out there who are listening to me and like, this would be so easy, right? Like driving a stick shift, that's so easy. As you get that practice, knowing how to navigate those uncomfortable emotions, it really does become so much easier. Because when we spent all of our time resisting and fearing our emotions in the past, we were causing them to build and escalate. So most of us, when we think of feeling concern or disappointment or sadness, we're like, that is such a terrible thing to experience. I never want to experience that. But once we stop resisting it and it becomes smaller, then it's so much more manageable. We're like, oh, okay, I can do that. I don't love it, but I can feel concerned. I can handle feeling sad. I can handle feeling disappointed. Then we can keep going where we want to. Now, these two types of tools are huge. Wouldn't that be so nice to minimize all that unnecessary discomfort and then confidently know how to manage the discomfort that still comes up? That'd be huge, right? But guess what? It doesn't stop there. I don't think you became a nurse because you were like, I just want to become a nurse so I'm not totally stressed out and overwhelmed and anxious all the time. Most of us said we want to become nurses because it'll be so meaningful and fulfilling and we want to help people and make an impact and feel proud of ourselves, right? So if we're just focused on 
minimizing and managing the uncomfortable emotions, we're missing that huge piece that's like, wait a second, where's all the positivity? Where's the part that feels good? The part that I love that's so rewarding about being a nurse. So that's the last piece that we need to fully equip ourselves with. To to be fully staffed when you're showing up for your shifts, you need tools to be able to minimize the dirty pain, manage the discomfort that remains, and you need tools to boost your fulfillment, confidence, and joy. And that's when you can enjoy nursing again. That's when nursing becomes fun again. You need all three of these types of tools. So I think of this like going back to the driving analogy, like going on a really fun road trip. One of my boyfriends in high school, his dad had a convertible and sometimes he would let us take it to drive out to the beach, which is like an hour away from where I lived. So we would drive in the convertible, it'd be, you know, top down, a nice sunny day. We're driving through these beautiful parts of Oregon on the way to the coast, music blasting, laughing with our friends. That's what I think of as the fun, the fulfillment, the joy of nursing, right? Like we had the choosing different roads and deciding which path you want to go down to to minimize your discomfort, the analogy of driving the stick shift, which is uncomfortable but doable. But what many of us crave is that top-down experience. We want to feel fulfilled. We want to find joy in our jobs. We want to go home feeling so proud of ourselves for what we just did. We want to feel lit up and excited. We want to feel connection with our patients. We want to feel enthralled by what we're learning. We want to use our creativity to help our units and our patients. We need all three of those tools. And when we have those tools to minimize the discomfort, manage it, and boost fulfillment, then we are fully staffed. And yes, we would still love for our facilities to work on staffing. We would love to have see nursing programs put out more nurses, to move people along in different ways and have creative solutions to what we're seeing as far as the number of nurses out in the field and how we retain them in our facilities and all of that. But we can start with ourselves. We can start by making sure we are equipped with what we need to thrive as nurses. And when you have those tools, then you'll show up more fully, not only to your shifts to help your patients, but you will also have more creativity to help with this quote-unquote nursing shortage. Right? Because when you're spitting out in anxiety, fear, resentment, overwhelm, and you're not feeling fulfilled, you're just drained and tired and depleted, you don't have the capacity to think of creative solutions. You don't have the capacity to be the leader that you could be. But when you're fully equipped, you will show up in a different way, not just for your shifts, but in the broader nursing community. 
by being a voice of assurance and hope and creativity. So let's keep advocating for staffing in the ways that we can. And then let's also turn our focus back to ourselves. What's your responsibility? What can you do? How can you make sure that the one staff member you're in charge of is fully staffed? And if you're not quite sure, if you're not sure how to equip yourself with those tools, I've got something coming your way. So stay tuned for more information. I'm not going to tell you too much about it right yet, but I'm going to help you equip yourself with the tools you need to show up as the best version of yourself during your shifts. So I'm excited to tell you more soon, but for now, have a great week and I'll talk to you later. Take care.